land of the rising sun to just north of the border, strong style meets street style, right here on this very podcast. Because you're listening to the Osaka Saint, the Saitama Superstar, the Mad Titan of Tokyo, the American Kaiju. And double your pleasure, double your fun, because right now you get two Hogsmen for the price of one. He's the hombre with no nombre. Mi hermano from another mamo. He's the world's greatest Rudo, El Numero Uno. That's right. You're listening to two of the three Hogsmen. Big Duke, he couldn't make it this show. He said he's going to be here next week, though. But it is uh, Monday night, June 29th. The Kaiju and El Numero Uno together again at the Level Up Studios. And uh, we are once again brought to you by Ten Barrel Brewing's Pub Beer. Cheap fun beer, what's up? What's up? And we also want to give a shout out to Bub's Natural. They, uh, they hooked Devin and I up with a little care package. And we appreciate that. They're a local company out of San Diego. You said you saw, you saw them in Encinitas? Yeah, I saw them in Encinitas. I was driving around there the other day going to pick up some mail. So they are a uh, supplement company, mm-hmm. and they sent us a few things. They sent us some protein powders, a thing called the MCT oil powder, which I've been uh, having. It's, That's it's with my coffee. That's actually. bomb. I put it in my coffee, and I put it in my uh, protein shakes, too. It's real good. So we want to uh, say thank you very much to Bub's Natural. Go check them out at bubsnaturals.com. Devin Sparks, long weekend for me, but let's, let's talk about your weekend. What's going on, man? You, you got anything going on? Uh, my weekend was a bummer, as you know. All right, let, let's move on. <laughs> I, I was try- <laughs> I know. We talked about this before. I was trying to do cool stuff uh, with Mike, but uh, due to COVID and, and potential complications, I did not get to participate like I wanted to, and that was my weekend. Just uh, Groundhog Day every day. I had a full weekend of wrestling. I, I haven't been able to say that in a long time. Yep. I came in uh, to the Level Up Studios and did a match with Juan Matatoli, also known as J2. He's one half of 8-Bit Lit. We are doing this uh, thing for the Canna Pro Wrestling Show on July 10th. And it was a uh, – it's like a virtual reality uh, match. Basically, it's they filmed with a 360 camera and a 180 camera. So we went in there and had a, about a 12, 15-minute match. Went really well. They had the lights up and all that stuff. It looked really nice. And then uh, after our match, we were hanging out about, for about 15 minutes out front, talking about it, going over it. And then we come into the back, and we start breaking down out of gear. And then they informed us that the lighting was messed up on the, uh, on the video. And this reminds me of uh, Stone Cold versus Savio Vega, the Caribbean strap match for the pay-per-view that went out. The feed went out on it, and they had to go record it again the next night after they already beat the hell out of each other. Really? I didn't even know that. Do your homework, buddy. We've yeah. been coming to this. This is why he won't get signed. In your <laughs> house, beware of dog. Beware of dog. Also, that was uh, – are we calling you producer, Adam? Not producer, Adam. Not producer, Adam. So, NPA. Not producer Adam, that was MPA. <laughs> producer Ted uh, took the night, week, month, maybe year off, <laughs> career off from the podcast. That he's was a, not he's producer. He's moved on to bigger and better things. He's, Paying he's definitely moved on to bigger and better things. But that was not producer Adam. Is that what we're going with? Not, not producer Adam. MPA. 
So anyways, uh, they wanted us to go back out and have uh, do the match. Asked, asked us if we could do the match again, but we were already out of gear. Our gear was sweaty as could be. It was pretty hot in the room. Uh, and so I said, you know what? I'll come back tomorrow. We'll do the match again. Came back Sunday. Did the match again. They changed up the lighting a little bit. They said it was fine. Unfortunately, the match didn't go as well as Saturday. But, hey, what are you going to do? And uh, I had two matches this weekend, which uh, I, I didn't mind it. I kind of c- considered it reps, you know, a little bit of ring time. And uh, let's see how it turns out. Good old, they good old Mike Camden not doing business. Hey, can you do that again for us? <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm good, man. I, I You know what? I, I vetted it Saturday, them. and then you I, vetted I did, those guys. came and did it hey, Sunday. Hey, can you do it again? No, you guys all have to bring your camera crew back another day because I'm over this. Oh, really? You Carry my bags. right back in there. Carry said, my bags, too, while you're at it. Anyways. <laughs> so that was my weekend. Uh, Sounds like a better weekend than mine. Yeah. Dude, you know what I watched Friday night? Tell me. 2,000 VMAs. Why? It was fantastic. Why? Uh, because it was on for some reason. It basically, it's like Flashback Friday. Was this with Buttman? No. Come on, dude. Was that, that 98? That's like fucking like, was that like 94, 93. No. Bro. Yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, but I was watching the 2000 VMAs. It was great. I loved it. It brought me back to my childhood. By the way, uh, some of the best things that you can do if you're a millennial, I guess. Millennial? Is that what we're... Uh, yes. Well, yes, we are millennials. Okay, cool. Uh, go back... If you're doing a game night or whatever, you, you're just chilling at a house and you got something, the, no one hanging out in the, uh, nothing to listen to. Throw on YouTube and throw on any random month, random day, and do TRL uh, September <laughs> <laughs> September 15th, 1998 episode and just listen to the top 10 that show up on there. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Guess who won uh, Best Video in 2000 for the uh, music video The real awards. Slim Shady. Yep. 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 I remember. Eminem. So the, the you don't shady. see. I, I know my wrestling history. You don't know your wrestling history, and I know my VMA history. Yeah, yeah you're good, man. You're good. What else is going on? What else is going on? Uh, A lot more quiet this week on the uh, the social media wrestling. What's that? Oh, A lot, no. lot more quiet. Thank God. Thank God, man. That was that was painful. Oh, we lost the match. We lost the match. We lost the match. Oh, that's right. Go ahead and tell them about that. We lost the match to four minutes of heat. We actually competed this weekend uh, for the Defy Tag Team Championship. We did. And that should have been a bigger deal. We should have posted it online, and we didn't. Um, but four inches of meat, or four minutes of heat, whatever you want to call them. Uh, we were doing a video call with them. We challenged them to a, uh, a guess the number game, which is, you know how this works. Get, you know, one through ten, we'll pick a number. You gotta guess it. If you're right, you win. And uh, they guessed the number right. So we did not win the Defy Tag Championship. I don't know how fucking Eddie Pearl pulled that off, but he guessed the right number. Ricky's got a shaved head now. Yeah, apparently they had a mullet versus mullet match. And uh, it turns out Ricky lost. Yeah, so. they have a Patreon, right? They do. I believe they have a Patreon. Go hit up the four minutes of heat Patreon or something. I don't know. Go guessing subscribe like to it. I heard the match was awesome. Yeah, I guess they, it looked like they did it out of their house or something. Yeah, they filmed it like uh, like The Undertaker and AJ Styles did or like the Funhouse match. But I, I've, from everything I've heard, it's really good. So Yeah, they're good dudes. They're a tag team out of um, the Pacific Northwest. I used to work with them at WCWC up in Portland. Um, I, never, I never actually got to have a match with them because I was in the singles 
division they were tag team but they were always good dudes i like them a lot they actually that was probably about two years ago i met them and to see the the evolution of their gimmick and the progress they've done with it it's, it's just it's fantastic also props to ricky for actually shaving his head because you lost a hair versus hair match one time and in the hair you lost was only about two inches uh i didn't measure it out but I, I lost a lot of hair a lot of hair two inches he lost two inches of hair ladies and gentlemen hair versus hair match big deal big deal in the camden household and uh no props to props to ricky for doing the job yeah better man than me <laughs> that's what i was getting at uh, uh you had news right what was the news kind of big news you said uh, that a certain champion is no longer yeah with- so tessa blanchard is no longer with impact wrestling she was their world champion not women's world uh, awesome. women's champion she was their straight up champion they booked her so strong she was, was the good. champ champ it was good and uh apparently they stripped her of the title they are no longer working with her apparently she didn't want to well she, she's based out of tijuana now right she's engaged to daga okay and from what I've heard, TJ got hit pretty bad with COVID. Oh, I have a uh, a neighbor who's a uh, border patrol agent. And he said that it's pretty bad in Tijuana. So I, I but I you know I don't know exactly what, what the whole story is. Apparently, one side of the story is that she refused to send in promos. That's all they were asking was for promos. Now, what's her side of the story? I don't know. She might have a side of the story, but it to me it seems like Impact was pretty good to her. Um, I mean, they, she was a, she's like the first world champion, female world champion. Am I correct on that? I think so. And poof, it's gone. I don't know about that. I, I saw a bunch of memes of uh, it was like the Medusa gimmick where uh, she shows up on WCW trashing the belt and they're putting her on an AEW trashing the impact belt. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Also, more wrestling news: uh, the WWE has come down with a ton of COVID. It was uh, I was looking on my feed the other day, and I saw it looked like Adam Pierce caught it too. Yeah, I saw that, and they were kind of worried because I guess he's been working pretty closely with a few of the uh, the older guys. I think like Pritchard and and Vinnie Mac and Flair. I guess he's been in their presence Yikes. a lot. NPA, you look like you want to say something. Well, there were uh, Renee Young got it too, and that has an uh, impact on uh, AEW since she's married to their world champion. Kayfabe, um, brother. What's going on here? Whatever. Also, there was a large amount of people missing from this week's SmackDown taping, which should pretty much tell you who tested positive, but they have pretty much said they're not revealing who tested positive. Uh, they're not going to ever say who it was, but you can kind of figure it out just by I looking at it. I kind of don't think you, you should have to, right, because of HIPAA and HIPAA whatnot. laws, you can't. Unless but, they, I mean, you can they, announce it yourself. Unless they decide to, to make it known. Kayla themselves. Braxton got it for the second time. That's what I she had. That's got, she said it twice now. So. That's scary. Well, they yeah. weren't testing up until a week ago. Who so. knows how the first one went, though, right? I mean, how? It, maybe it's not scary. Maybe she didn't even realize she had it the first time. She just tested positive. But that's that's pretty wild if you can get it twice. Uh, I think, I mean, I haven't heard of anybody else contracting it twice. So who knows what's going on with that? Uh, yeah. COVID. COVID. Still a thing. Still a thing for the foreseeable future. Uh, by the way, I didn't get... Oh, I don't know. You said we have a question from a listener. But oh. does this have anything to do with last week? 
Not at all. Okay, so we got zero interest in hazmat wrestling. Oh, that's right. Oh, hazmat right wrestling. Yes, no zero interest. interest in hazmat wrestling. So we will. I will not be running a show called Hazmat Wrestling that is themed like a nuclear apocalypse. And you know, and what you is, all are missing the fuck out. I'll tell you that right now because that would have been a sick show. And you know what is uh is. Still- I had you. First of all, let me tell you this. I would have cat. I would have had Brian Cage in the show, uh, and I would have had him. Uh, in a little bit of cosplay, looking like the like 1999 Batman Forever or Batman and Robin uh, version of Bane, the terrible one with the glowing tubes coming out of him for the for the hazmat. You wrestling. mean the movie doesn't exist anymore? Oh, that movie exists so much. Best version of Bane ever. Best cinema version of Bane. I don't even think anyone else comes close. But I would have paid him extra money to do that. So you you all missed out, and I'm not I'm not uh, friends with anyone anyone more anymore that listened and didn't uh, hit us up about it. <laughs> you know, it's also still in play. What's that? Our sign-off. We had no... No complaints no about... No complaints about that. The tip hog, huh? Well, None. We'll keep it until we're asked not to. Well, anyway, uh, you said we had a question this yeah, week. Yeah, okay. I, I just found it. And this By is, the way, this, this is what I love about this show is Mike... I'll, I'll carry the show and Mike will just t- text on his phone or look at email. I'm not, I'm not texting. I'm actually looking for the... This is from... Uh, is it Instagram? He hit us up via Instagram on uh, the Hogsman... At Hogs and Pod. This is the real mixed mutt. First oh. name's Marshall. He uh, he wants to know, when is Hunter going to become a Hogsman? <laughs> is that Hunter's account? It's a bur- burner, burner account. account. It's a burner account. Marshall Hunter. Um, well, where has he been? He hasn't even been here. Uh, well, he did sit on sit in with me during uh, my, my interview with uh, Ruby Rays and, and Jesse James. You would have never known it, though. You would have never known it, though, right? By the way, that will be tacked on to the end of this podcast. We've got an interview with Ruby Rays. um, And Jesse James. And Jesse James. And apparently Hunter was a part of that. But uh, Hunter, as far as I know, will never be a hog. Um, He only gets the tip. He does not get the whole He hasn't put in the road miles. Yeah, that's true. Because the the Hogsman started as a serious, (laughs) serious road crew. He hasn't hit the highways and byways enough and try called a hogsman no not there not one there. word answer marshall never by the way if we have anyone who uh works in graphic design that uh just has any ideas for hogsman shirts hit us up send it our way we still haven't put together our pro wrestling tea store <laughs> so if you want a hogsman t-shirt which are featured this week on the podcast and i am wearing currently he's wearing it's uh at or go to pro wrestling tea slash american kaiju for a, a hogsman shirt you still haven't set up the hogsman shirt on your store mike oh uh, okay i'll get to it yeah <laughs> you have the logo you can put it on I'll get to it. All right. Well, so if you if you're a graphic designer, you want to do something, or you had an idea, let us know. We'll put it together. Uh, or you'll put it together rather than that, rather than we'll make money. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, anyways, we have uh, Tessa Blanchard. She she doesn't want to send in promos. You want to talk something about promos today? Am I, I do. I, I brought this up back when we had producer Ted still. Uh, as you know, now we have not producer Adam, mm-hmm. but he's going to help us out. So. Uh, well, this is be- this started because of Promo Mania, which is apparently on hold. I haven't heard anything about it. I don't know what's going on. I I'm mean, just going to assume we're the winners. I'm pretty sure everybody else just dropped out. They saw our promos, and they were like, there's no way we're beating these guys. They are too focused. They're too much of a unit. They basically finish each other's sentences. Is that what so, you are going to say? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, just make so. sure. Whew. But anyways, either that or, or uh, sayonara. 
So what are we doing today, Dev? You, you okay, haven't really so, me up too much to this. So this is what I wanted to do. Now, I actually want to make this a segment of the podcast moving forward. I think this would be sick. If you like it, let us know. Otherwise, I had like five, six, seven, eight promos that I want to do. I want to do a test run now. So this is, I don't have a name for it. This is like promo, cor- what do you want to call it? Promo class? This is promo class with the Kaiju. Kaiju's promo corner. Kaiju's promo corner. Promo class with the Kaiju. That sounds better. Thanks, MPA. All right, go for it. Uh, so basically, here's what I got. I got a couple good promos for us today. Good, by good, I mean terrible. Okay. We're going to listen to them. Uh, MPA is going to play them for the listeners. And then we're going to review it and talk about it and and uh, see how they could maybe have improved. These are popular. These are promos that have that have are now they've gone down in infamy for being terrible uh, or they were live on TV at the time. So most people should know of some of these promos. All right. You got it? All right, let's go. So this first one is notorious. This is hip jumping Jeff Farmer. This is jumping Jeff Farmer's notorious promo. That he cut on uh, Motley Crue. So, uh, MPA, give us give us the, the uh, promo here. Earlier, we talked to Jumpin' Jeff Farmer. Let's go now to that interview. Folks, there's Jumpin' Jeff Farmer. Jeff, a while back, what a match you had with Motley. Yep. Probably the hardest match I ever had in my life. But I don't like it when things aren't my, going my way. Motley Crue's, you turn the tables on me. You turn the tables in a wrong way. You've got me mad now. I've stood around. I've listened to everything you had to say. I've did everything necessary. But when you turn around and you backstab me one way or another and you treat, cheat me out of what's rightfully mine, that's when I get angry. Now I'm the one doing the challenging. I'm issuing a challenge to you, Motley Cruz. Get in the ring with me. This time, I'm going full force. Jumping Jeff Farmer. Now let's go to the ring. Immediate reaction to that. Well, here's the thing. It's obviously pre-recorded. Right. Okay. So that was the best take. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's basically, it reminds me of one of my first promos. Uh, it, it, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast. The hardest time to, to do a promo is when it is just a camera in front of you and they say okay go uh, it, that's that's so much harder than an in-ring promo uh, Double J Farmer here uh, he uh, he's obviously nervous man I don't know how long he's been in the business when he, before he's doing this promo but he's, he's obviously <laughs> nervous I'll tell you I'm going to show you a video after this too so kudos to the, the announcer for keeping a straight face and and taking this guy seriously the entire time. He's, I think, honestly, he's the MVP of the promos, the (laughs) announcer who hasn't broken character just watching this guy struggle through it. And by the way, actually, maybe maybe he's just an asshole for not helping him out. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's definitely not like Mean Gene trying to like uh, steer him towards the right (laughs) direction. So, so okay, Jeff Farmer, I want to know what this guy ended up doing. I hope he's okay. I hope he's like, one of these guys that's still around and doing great and uh-huh. has a body shop somewhere or something. Uh-huh. Um, when you look at him, he doesn't look bad, right? He's got a nice shiny jacket to start off the promo. It kind of looks like one of those like 80s sweat jackets where they wear these space shoots so they work out in yeah. them and just sweat a ton. Yeah. 
Um, hair, he's got like a, he's got kind of like a feathered, a, a mom haircut. I would say if you know what a mom haircut is, that's probably what he's got. Sick. Opens up the promo. Clearly not okay. Uh, blinking deer in headlights. Deer in the headlight. Blinking, blinking pretty bad. Um, <laughs> starting the promo off with a real good solid hip. So this hip. Is, this is known as the worst promo ever. And it's almost a cult classic because it's so bad, it's good. Uh, I, I love it. There, what's not to love about this promo? It's fantastic. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess, and like you're saying, this is pre-tapes. So this is probably the best one. Unless they didn't have enough like money to record extras. And this was like, you got one shot. Yeah, true. Um, you turn the tables on me. You turn the tables in a wrong way. <laughs> so... so uh, I don't know what turning the table... If you're in the ring with someone, right, and they're beating you, not really turning the tables on you, unless they were a tag team. <laughs> but then he couldn't have beat him if he was a tag team. Uh, so you turn the tables on me in a wrong way, um, which is which is one of my favorite parts of this. And then also... Does that also mean he, like, he double-crossed him? That's what I mean. That's why I was like... But, but he lost. Because he, he basically tells him that he's losing to him. He, you know, oh, you had a bad match. You lost. Blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, you turn okay. the tables in the wrong way. Okay. But you've got him mad now, which I think is good. Because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's one of the keys of a promo, right? Is you want to make... you got to mention the names, right? So we know he's wrestling Motley Cruz. <laughs> you you want to mention... Uh, you want some kind of, I don't know, emotion in a happy, sad, mad... You got me mad now. So now you know how he's feeling. And then he challenges him to a fight. What was what are the actual words he says when he challenges him to a fight? Uh I can't remember exactly. Oh, uh shoot. Can you pause real quick, Adam? I want to see this real quick. Alright, so the challenge is I'm issuing issuing a challenge to you, Molly Cruz. Get in the ring with me. I mean, that's as, that's as solid as it gets, right? So you have your motive, right? You First of all, you have your emotion. You're angry. You're mad. You have your motive. Get in the ring with me. Uh, and then, obviously, he turned the tables on him in the wrong way. Um, you know what the, one of the greatest is just the opening line, the yep. Because, like, it, to, that's almost like, Devin, you interviewing me about, like, yo, this guy, he fucked you over. He took your title <laughs> and he took your chick and blah, blah, blah. How do you feel? And I just go, yeah. And you almost think that he's expecting the ring or the announcer to ask him another question because it's not just, like you say, it's like, yeah. He, he does the, yep. And then there's a big pause yeah. before he takes off with the rest of it. Um, but he talks about turning around and backstab. So he turned around and backstab. It's just. He gets he gets some confidence towards the middle. This is where he starts to try to pull it together, pulls the finger out, starts getting a little louder when he's talking. So he's getting some some confidence. I don't he's getting he, mad now. He's, he's got you got him mad now. Um, so this is what everyone understands. People have seen this. This is like notorious in wrestling, right? Um, that's not the end of the feud. That's not the end of the feud. That's, that's not, not even the end of Jeff Farmer's promos. On Motley Cruz. Oh, really? So I have another one. Interview with Motley Cruz earlier. This is what he had to say. <laughs> Mr. Buddy Lee, did you hear that? Jeff Farmer wanna challenge me. Did you hear him? I heard it. Get me excited, man. Know where I'm coming from. Don't you forget, son. 
the last time you crawled in the ring with me? Don't you remember what happened when Motley put the pancake on you? What was it? One, two, three. Gang plan or no gang plan. You come my way. Defeat is waiting on you, son. We heard what he had to say. Now let's see him in action. Okay, so that was Motley Cruz. Spelled C-R-U-Z. He's he's basically my new favorite wrestler. He's all right. So this guy, he he brings it, right? He's got a little bit of a look to him. His voice is fantastic. He's got a great voice. It's a great heel voice. Great poofy hair. So uh, we just said he kind of looks like a cross between like a forgotten Freebird and Captain Lou Albano. And you said, well, he could have been a member of Thirty Eight Special. Yeah, or use anyone's dad. He looks. He just yeah. looks like an '80s dad. He's got the body of uh, of Hunter Freeman in the quarantine. He's not <laughs> looking good. His gear actually doesn't look good. So after we listened to this promo, we watched we watched uh, part of the match. The crowd was hot for Jeff Farmer. Yes, it's it's oh, it's so good. The crowd wanted this match. Like they were into it. Like it didn't matter. Like they said, a lot of investment. They say that a promo is for selling the match. Right? You got to sell tickets to the show. Somehow, some way, Jeff did it. This is an underdog story. This is a Rudy story for wrestling. Jeff Farmer pulled it off. Spoiler alert. He hit the cleanest inside cradle you've ever seen in your life for a five count. But right before that. Right before. So you got you got Motley Cruz coming in here. He's, yes, son. Got you with the pancake. So <laughs> he must have been going for the pancake at the end. But in the match, uh, Motley Cruz is set up in the corner. Here comes Jeff. Looks like he's trying to leapfrog him or do a splash. And It, it was a discount stinger splash. It was a discount stinger splash. It was a, a botch. If this is today, this is a you fucked up chant all over the place. I would... Even saying discount is giving it too much credit. It was a dollar store. <laughs> this is dollar store. Dis- this is dollar store going out of business sale. <laughs> everything everything sl- must go. Everything must go. The worst stinger splash in the corner uh, gets set up for the, pan- the pancake. The pancake. Hits him with an inside cradle instead or a small package. Do we ever decide what that we is? Do. It's going inside thing. cradle. Hits him with the inside cradle and goes for the win. Now, Jeff Farmer... Okay, has some momentum. He's got some momentum. He won the match against Molly Cruz. And now he's got some confidence for his next promo. Let's hear it. Folks, here's jumping Jeff Farmer. Well, he did it. Pinned me right there in the middle of the ring. There's always a lesson to be learned every time you step in the ring. And Motley Cruz, you taught me one very good lesson. You took me out of my game plan. I couldn't wrestle my kind of match. Believe me, I learned and I learned well. It don't take me long. Next time I get you in the ring, you're mine. New tactics, new game plan. You're mine. Okay, so that was oh yeah, that was my mistake. I I fucked up. If this was producer Ted on it, this would not have been an issue, but we got MPA here who didn't correct me, so blame Adam. So now you know the spoiler to no, the no, story. No, 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 no. You, you, you sent me this information an hour before we okay, got here. Okay, so the, thank you, MPA. You're, you're cut off. <laughs> so the, 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 I'll cut you off. Okay. So the, the, you, now you know, all right, they had a best out of three and Farmer won. Okay, the one you just heard, he got beat a second time. How do you feel about the way he talked about this? Because when we do promo class here, what do we say? Don't bury yourself, right? Don't bury yourself. Uh, give credit to the other guy, but you have to stay strong. Always be strong in your promo. You have to be strong in the beginning of this promo. <laughs> well, he did it. He beat he's fair and square in the middle of the ring. 
Jeff is a defeated man. <laughs> he, is. he is a defeated man in that in that promo. <laughs> he uh it sounds like uh Motley Cruz went over clean. <laughs> he went over real clean. He went over clean. Basically uh squash match. <laughs> Absolutely. It sounded like uh Jeff got dealt a lesson in the <laughs> ring. Uh, I have no hope for Jeff coming back. <laughs> Tell me this. Imagine Hogan and, and, and Iron Sheik, right? Going up for the title match. And when it's all done and it's all said, it's all said and done, Hogan taps to the camel clutch and you've got, you've got, uh, me and Gene in the back. Well, Hogan, tell me what's going on. Let me tell you something, brother. The Iron Sheik is a formidable opponent, dude. And he tapped me out in front of Madison Square Garden like you wouldn't believe. His arms were so strong that Hulkamania died there in that ring, dude. And the Hulkster has to have a new plan next time because I ain't good enough to beat him right now, bro. That's how that felt to me. That's a pretty good promo right there. Thank you. I appreciate it. But that's how that felt to me was just, I mean, stay strong, right? Jeff, you're a little guy. We get, he's not any big. These guys both look really tiny. Yeah. Molly Cruz looks like a troll that just came out from under the bridge. He, lo- he looks like he's tall. He looks like he's five, eight. Yeah. Five, eight. Great head of hair on him though. Great head of hair. But um, Jeff Farmer, again, deer in the headlight looks. He cannot make eye contact with the camera for beans. His eyes are scattered. He's shooting around the room. Um, his opening line was almost just as bad as yep. Uh, <laughs> but but the, the difference is, I'm, I wish I had that in order, but NPA fucked up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, uh, you can clearly tell. Like you said, pre-taped. It looks like it maybe even was taped at the same time as oh, the previous one. They did all these back to back to back. Back to back to back. It was a full weekend. Identical. This was what you did this weekend. Exactly. And I've done this kind of shit before, too. You've done that kind where of stuff. They, they're telling you what's happening, and then you have to insert matches yep. in between all this stuff. Oh, yeah. you got me good, brother. Wait, how did I say that promo? How, how'd you beat me? Oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. But the point is, uh, you thought it would have gone better. It did not for his second one. And I, I know I ruined the gimmick here, but his second promo was far worse. Than, I challenged you to a match. You got me mad now. So obviously being mad didn't help him. <laughs> no. Get in the ring with me. Because I'm going full force. And by the way, was that like a catch, like a tagline that never caught on? Because he tries it again. Really? Yeah. It's a good, I, I dig it. I'm going full force. If he had a Pro Wrestling Tees uh, uh, website right now, sold out. I would not be surprised if sold there's a out. Jeff Farmer, if there's not a Jeff Farmer uh, Pro Wrestling Tees account that you can buy in full force or, or a hip t-shirt. That dude's mailbox money, fortune. 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 Anyway, uh, that's what I have for that. MPA, can you give us the next one? Actually, on second thought, because I messed up that timeline, uh, and, and by the way, there's so much to the Jeff Farmer saga. It's it's really incredible. I want to switch switch gears. MPA, listen to me on this. We're not going to do the next Jeff, Jeff Farmer one. This is my favorite promo of all time. Now, we've discussed the best promos of all time before, and we both decided... There was Austin 316, King of the Ring. Uh, Austin crowns himself Austin 316. It's the beginning of an era, the Attitude Era. Professional wrestling never looked back, and it was the hottest thing. It was it, it crossed boundaries into from from wrestling into pop culture into everyone was flipping the bird and and into even Mike signing his yearbook as, it was, as Mike 316. It was must see TV, and also me mentioning the VMAs, uh, the 2000 VMAs that I watched this yes. weekend. Guess who uh, 
who uh, appeared on the VMAs. Either The Rock or Austin. The Rock and China. Damn. That's how over wrestling was. But in also think about this. Think about how how sure of themselves the WWE must have been at the time to send China. Uh, yeah, because it must have been like right. After, it must have been like the the right after she did her Playboy. Because oh, remember maybe. that was a big oh, deal. Okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a big deal. But but she was she was hot too, man. Like she was she was red hot at that time. Like as far as like. You know, she was a big part of the company. But that's my point. They didn't send yeah. The Rock and Shawn Michaels or The Rock and Austin. They sent The Rock and China. So think about, like, they, the stock that they had in her. That yeah. They thought she's the, she's the real deal. Yeah. All right. So this is my favorite promo of all time. This is, uh, this is Bret Hart in WCW. He's the uh, United States champion at the time. Um, and it, say what you will about his run in WCW. It was awful. I hated it. Uh, I think in his own DVD, he said the best part about it was when he did the, the little gimmick with Goldberg where he was wearing the steel plate under his jersey and Goldberg uh-huh. knocks himself out uh-huh. of the spear. I think this is the one redeeming thing that, that Bret Hart did in WCW. So um, I hope if, if you've never heard this before in your life, please, please enjoy. Tony, with the announcement earlier on from President Ric Flair of World Championship Wrestling, I've set up camp back in the locker room area with this man, Brett the Hitman Hart. And as you heard earlier on, the nature boy Ric Flair, as president of WCW, announcing a mandatory United States title defense for Brett the Hitman Hart. That's coming up on February the 21st at Super Brawl. Tonight, however, in a non-title bout, you've got Booker T. You've got a full plate here, I must say. You know, I don't know what Ric Flair's problem is, you know. You know, I've always been a jam-up guy. I've always been I've always been a guy that's never ducked anything, anybody, anytime, anywhere. Now, Ric Flair, you know, this is, this is the case of a guy that's carrying around a grudge. He's had a grudge against me since I've come here. And, uh, you know, that's fine. He wants to throw me in a ring tonight with Booker T. Who is Booker T? Who is this guy to even have a match with me, let alone a non-title match, because he's a loser. He's not going to get a title shot. You can forget about that. Well, he is not a loser. You know He's that. He's a Brett. loser. Now, Booker T, I want to ask you a question. Have you got the guts to step in the ring with the excellence of execution tonight? Do you know that your life is on the line? Your career is on the line. All the little kids at home, they're going to watch me tear you up and break you in little pieces. Is that what you want? I'm sure that's what Ric Flair wants. Hey, well, I'll tell you one thing about Booker T. This man has held numerous titles in World Championship Wrestling, and there's a guy that we would be deserving of a chance at your United States title. Let me tell you, me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW, and I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but my goodness sakes, are 50 pounds different. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, contenders. How about hypnosis? Let's get through Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. You can say what you want. You can try to tear these guys down and take them down. Psychosis has also he's been a high hard. flyer of the highest yes, magnitude. But he's this still guy's still a cruiserweight. 
Let's let's get let's okay, get some. How about Dean Malenko? I was going to give him a title shot. He was the big man. Oh. Wanted to injure me. Hey, come injure me now, you little punk. He's sitting at home with some kind of hokey injury. This is a real injury, Dean Malenko. Dean this Malenko. is like groin pull the likes you've never seen in your whole life. Well, he right now is nursing a very bad sprained ankle. Yeah. And as Ooh. far as that groin pull, you know people that compete in football and basketball. A lot of champions have to play hurt. Oh, yeah. You, so you're, what are you saying? I won't play hurt? I'll play hurt. I'm going to play hurt tonight. And I'm going to take this uh, Booker T and show exactly what I've said a minute ago. He doesn't deserve a title shot. And Ric Flair, you go ahead and bring up your grudge. You got some kind of a grudge on me. You can, you can try to force me into situations. You're going to put me in a, in a title match with whomever you want, whenever you want. That's fine, Ric Flair. That's fine, because you know why you're jealous of me? It's because I beat you. I beat you the day I came in, and I beat you every time I ever stepped in the ring with you, and you just got a grudge against me. That's all. Make no mistake about it. On February right? the 21st, Am I right? in Oakland, yeah, I'm right. you're going to be facing somebody, and that U.S. title will be on the line, Mr. Hart. Whatever. Thank you very much. Tony, a man that's not too happy, at least about defending the United States title, Brett the Hitman Hart. Back to you, my friend. All right, Gene. Mike, who are you to doubt El Dandy? Bret Hart in that promo keep uh, refers to himself as a jam-up guy, refers to El Dandy as a jam-up guy. That saying, that has to be the most Canadian thing you can possibly say. Shout out to Matt Estatic. So for anyone that says serious wrestlers can't be funny, I mean, that's the way to do it, right? Brett is is one of my all time favorites when I was growing up, and you never saw that side of him. Absolutely, in not. WWF, like it's uh, that's the most character you've ever seen out of Bret Hart. In that, so the the version we just play is a shorter version yeah. of a longer promo where he's tearing into Booker T too, and he's breaking all the rules. <laughs> oh, he's breaking all the rules. But that's the thing. So when you break into wrestling and then you start doing like promos. A lot of these cats are like, oh, yeah, you have to do certain things in promos or else, you know, it, it sucks. Uh, there's certain cats that just broke all the rules and they, they it worked for them. This is Bret Hart breaking all the rules. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's entertaining as hell. Well, it, it, it's funny because you don't, I mean, you don't know it's going to be funny, obviously. If you're watching at home and he's pissed off, he's coming, he's the U.S. champion. It's, it was a big deal, right? It was a secondary title at the time. Um, so you're sitting there wondering, oh, who's he going to wrestle? Because he hasn't been here for too long. He hasn't done too much in the company. You've got guys like Sting. I think it might have been NWO at the time. But you've got guys like Sting, Hogan, Hall, Nash, Luger. Uh, I mean, Jesus, Flair was in there, obviously. Macho. Um, so, Booker T, who he was going into the match against. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, how many big-name guys were there at this point in time? Obviously, <laughs> who's he calling out? Who's it going to be? El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler and a jam-up guy. Funny, lost my shit. Almost is my shit every time I watch that. El Dandy. The man. If you've never seen him. It's fantastic. I am fairly certain is the template for Nacho Libre. Basically, yeah. For Jack Black's character in Nacho Libre, the way he looks, the way he dressed, that is El Dandy. Um, so... <laughs> When you're thinking about who he's gonna play, who he's gonna wrestle, and then he comes up with L Dandy, it's the that is the punchline. Like I don't know, that would be like, I'm trying to think. That would be uh, Kenny Omega coming into the WWE now, and when it finally gets, I've I've been assessing the locker room. Who am I gonna wrestle? I'll tell you, Hornswoggle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like obviously not with the company right now, but uh, you know just picking on someone that absolutely doesn't deserve it and. 
and then to and, and like you were talking about in the other promo you know no direction from the other guy mean gene comes in here whoa 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 l dandy's a cruiserweight yeah he's a heck of a wrestler yeah <laughs> who who are you to doubt l dandy mean gene doing mean gene things in that promo you know like that that's what made oakland the best uh he he would he might see he might see a wrestler uh coming to a dead end mm-hmm. and he would turn him left turn him right and just give him a question to keep him rolling <clears throat> the best of the best right there how about hypnosis that's the funny thing too <laughs> You don't know if that's shoot or not. I oh, you know it was a shoot. You don't know if if Brett actually forgot Psychosis. No, name. oh that I no that I know he didn't forget his name. You don't think so? No, not I think he knew all these because they were technical. They were all really technically sound. Yeah. If there's one thing that Brett appreciated was technical wrestling. Yeah. Um, but I think it's hilarious. I think it was probably you know some of the sentiment of the boys in the back. You know, it was for sure it was like. The, the NWO, at least. Yeah. So, how about hypnosis? Ah, psycho. He's a heck of a wrestler, too. <laughs> so, he's a heck of a wrestler, too. And then uh, going in against Dean Malenko, this is a groin, Paul Dean. The likes you've never seen. What <laughs> yeah. a great... God, that was such good heel work by him on that. I I loved it. There's not much I I don't like about that promo. And the longer version is not as Yeah, you didn't, you didn't really get that from him prior to leaving... Uh, the WWF. You know? He d- he did really good work um, when it was the Canadians and they were being the heels. Yeah, but you didn't like he, he didn't go that hard in the paint. Like that was like that was like hard what he just did right <clears throat> there. Good. But like you know he he did good as like a heel and that was always a interesting uh, faction. You know that when when the, mm-hmm. you know, the Hart Foundation because they were on the states. Got a lot of heat, but the the second they entered into uh, Canadian territory, they're the biggest faces in the house. So, but that right there is like, from what I grew up watching Bret Hart to that, that's a one hundred percent one eighty. My my favorite throwaway line in that is, "I was gonna give him a title shot too." <laughs> that's the best part. Is this title means this title means nothing to me. <laughs> I'm better than everyone. I'll beat anyone. Whatever. I'll wrestle him. I'll wrestle them. Anyway, I hope that there's some of you out there that have never heard that promo and that I just introduced something glorious into your life because that is one of my favorite things. It's a it's a hidden gem. And and here's what and here's one of the reasons I want to do this with this this week. The last several weeks have been super heavy. Super heavy conversations that we've mm-hmm. had. And we talked about things that we like about wrestling and things that you know we enjoy. So this is stuff that I really enjoy. This is stuff that I get a kick out of that that you know I can pull up on my phone anytime and get a laugh out of. So hopefully you guys liked it. Um, if you want to see more, do we have do we have the other one? Did I send you one more or no? Was that the last one? Okay, I have several more of these. If you're interested in this, unlike Hazmat Wrestling, which no one was interested in. If you're interested in this and you want to see it done weekly or semi-regularly, let us know because I've got 50 more of these promos that are all fantastic and we can spend Send any suggestions that you might have to at HogsmanPod on Instagram and Twitter. We've probably seen them, but any suggestion will do. Dude, if I can introduce any of these to anyone that's never seen it, it's incredible. Uh, By the way, Adam, how long have we been going? About 40, 45 minutes. 45 minutes, okay. This is, I've got, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, this is my last thing that I want to go over. All right. Before the interview. Before the interview. Okay. We're coming up on the 4th of July. Yes. For me, 
wrestling and holidays go together very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always was it was it Survivor Series that was on uh, uh, Thanksgiving or what was it back in the day? Was that at NWA? Thing? I don't know. I grew up in a poor family who couldn't get pay per views. <clears throat> dude, you didn't have anyone that knew how to mess with the cable box, the black box, right? Was the that bo- oh, dude, that was so killer. I had a guy, the that, infamous. That, I had someone that had that cable guy hookup. Paid him you an do. extra fifty bucks, and he had every pay per view for free. It was incredible. Anyway. Um, to me, holidays and and uh, and pay per views go together, or holidays and big wrestling events go together. Um, I always loved the summer pay per view, Summer Slam, Great American Bash, Bash at the Beach, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up on Fourth of July, I love the visuals um, of the Great American Bash, mm-hmm. and it's more NWA WCW. They tried it in the WWE, and it didn't work out that well. Um, NXT has named their next two weeks of shows the Great American Bash. Just that's, FYI. Thank you very much. As you know, I haven't been watching lately. I, since, I know. That's since, why I said since it. Since COVID started, I have been very depressed. I'm glad somebody watches it around here. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm not getting signed. Uh, but show, what were the two matches I, I sent you earlier? I will check right now. I sent. So these are two of my favorite matches from Great American Bash, but this okay. is where I'm going with this. Uh, the first one was 1990, Sting versus Flair. Great American Bash, Fuck Sting yeah. and Flair, and I they had a they had a much better match. I think it was like Clash of Champions or something like that, where they tore the roof off the place. But I think at this show, if I'm not mistaken, Sting had the red, white, and blue American flag face paint. Is this Surfer Sting? This is this sur- yeah. This is Surfer Sting. This is 1990. My favorite Sting, dude, so good. But the but you got he had the big shoulder pads. Yes, I, I, there. okay, I remember that gear. So good, but yeah. it was a good match, and I think Sting ended up going over. Um, but it wasn't their best match. But as far as like Great American Bash goes, if you've got the network, go check it out because I loved that match. I loved. It. I just love the vibe. I love the Fourth of July feel. I'm very patriotic. It's, but it sucks mm. that everything's going on. <clears throat> when I run, when I go for my runs, it, you know, every day, that's one of the few workouts I can do. I have like my gimmicked out kaiju red, white, and blue headband. <laughs> I look like an asshole. But uh, this, the theming of it, right? Bash at the beach. You had the beach there. It looked awesome. Um, red, white, and blue for Great American Bash. That's awesome. What do you have there? Uh, just to let you know, in the main event, Ric Flair defended the NWA World Championship against Sting, and Sting pinned Flair after countering his figure Inside cradle? Block with a small package. There you go. Okay, cool. So, go. yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and then the next match that I had on this, which is a good one if you want to check it out. Uh, it just says Sting, Vader, 1992. I assume it's the Great American Great Bash American as well. Great American Bash, Sting, and Vader. Is this the one where Harley Race was on the... the um, uh, ringside? I, I think it is. I, I was just going over matches that I recalled from the event that I really liked. If it is the one with uh, Harley Race on, on the uh, ringside, this is the one. I read Flair's book, and I believe this is the match where, like, Vader was throwing potatoes. <laughs> and basically was like, you better fight back or else I'm going to kill you. And Flair, and Flair, <laughs> so Flair's getting, his, getting beat up in the ring, and, and Race. No, Har- this was Sting and... Wasn't the sting? Yeah. Oh, did it say sting? Sting. Oh, okay, I I I, I yeah. spaced out. I thought yeah, it was yeah, yeah. flair and, and no, uh, I, I read that, but that was a good book too. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, the WWE tried it a couple times, and they had one match that I really wanted to see, but got ruined due to terrorism. But the Undertaker versus Muhammad Hassan. The match happened. I know, but it didn't happen the way it was supposed to. You know damn well it didn't. So, I really liked that feud, the Muhammad Hassan Undertaker feud. Did were you? Watching at that time. What year is that? Ooh, I don't know. Two thousand five. No, I was, was it really? 
It was, yeah. It was after the London bombings of their... Uh, oh, of, really? Of the, yeah, of the subway systems. No, that's the time frame that I was working in the nightclub industry on many okay. nights I was out partying. I love that whole feud. It, and then that ended the guy's poor guy's career. But um, here's what I have. So if the, uh, you're going to roll your eyes. I told you guys before we record, you're going to roll your eyes at me. We're doing a little fantasy booking here, okay? This is Great American Bash. I put together a list. You want me to... Don't ask me to... Don't, you, are you just, you're putting a list together? <clears throat> I'm putting a list together. I just want you to choose two. That's it. Jesus Christ. I know. See, I knew you guys would do this today. All right, let's go. I'm not doing anything. So I'm just looking is, at Mike to see if he wants me to cut. This is today. <laughs> this is Great American Bash today, but this is for if we don't have tech. So it's basically still the, like the night, either 1989, 1990 is the crowd that you're servicing. Okay. okay. This is the main event. You've got to draw the biggest house and the biggest pay-per-view buys just for the main. And here's the, here's the list that I have of, of greatest American themed wrestlers okay if i'm missing one let me know the patriot better be on this fucking thing you greatest are you kidding fine you put them on there if you want mr was it mr america too <laughs> here we go all right <clears throat> hogan <clears throat> sting very american dusty slaughter macho man angle american badass version of the undertaker hacksaw jim duggan lex luger I'm going to put Cody Rhodes in there. He's the American Nightmare, son of Dusty. I'm going to put him in there. Uh, I'm going to put Warrior in there, too, because around the time he was there with uh, Hogan, when they were feuding together, they were on the same page. I'm going to put Tatanka in there <laughs> because he is Native American. And there's one more. I don't, I, didn't think, I don't think I put this in, but Flair. And the reason why is because with the Great American Bash, there's certain guys that I just associate with the Great American Bash. I'm going to put Flair in there, too. Okay. So again, Hogan, Sting, Dusty, Flair, Slaughter, Macho, Angle, American Badass version of The Undertaker, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Lex Luger, American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, uh, The Ultimate Warrior, and Tatanka. And if there's anyone else you can think about that I forgot. And we're not going to put the Patriot in here. Oh, you put the Patriot. If you think he's going to draw the biggest house, brother, you do it. So, so this is just a singles? This is just your, this is the headline main event. Everyone in their prime. And this is, am I booking a singles or am I booking a tag? What are we doing here? You just, whatever you want. Whatever you think is going to draw the biggest house. Flair Hogan. So you threw Cody in there, but you didn't throw in Austin or The Rock? They're not. Or the two of the biggest draws of all time? They're not patriotic. He's, he's talking about like Stone the American Steve Austin was the bona fide American hero. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Everybody wanted to kick their bosses they ass. They did want the to 90s. kick their bosses ass, but I'm not putting him in there because he never wore red, white, and blue. <laughs> he wasn't close to it. He wasn't a, you don't look at him and go, he's a patriot. So I'm putting their guys that and I this think. is like 89.90? 89.90. So that's the that's the Flair Hogan. Huh? Flair Hogan. You think that draws the biggest house? Yes. Why? Because it's 89 or 90. Uh-huh. Flair Hogan. This is everyone in their prime. Every one of these guys on this list is in their prime. But you're saying it's 89 or 90. Flair and Hogan. That's the, that's the, the years house. that we're wrestling, right? Flair Hogan. What about you, Adam? I would agree with him. Flair and Hogan? Flair and Hogan was the highest drawing WCW show of all time. Oh, I hate you guys. I wanted, I wanted you to... All right, give me You're a You're asking one. about drawing. Give You're me not asking one. about what I'd want to see. Give me, okay, then tell me what you'd want to see. Okay, name them again. Hulk Hogan, Sting. That's, this is Surfer Sting. Fuck D yeah. Dusty, Flair, Sergeant Slaughter, Macho Man, Kurt Angle, 
the American badass version of The Undertaker, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He shouldn't even be on the list. He just walked around with an American flag. I put him on there. That's the only reason. He's he, with he the was, Patriots. He was me. fucking over, though, man. Lex Luger. Lex, Expl- Lex Express. Lex Luger. Body slammed Yoko Zuno. Body slammed Yoko. Uh, Cody Rhodes, The Ultimate Warrior, and Tatanka. Which, again, he's on that list with the Patriot to me. He shouldn't really be there, but I threw him in there because he should. He should be in there. He should be. Who do you have? Who do you have? Well, if you're going to talk about Americans, Kurt Angle. He's but, in there. But I you're also him. talking. I but I know. But you're talking about eighty nine ninety. I don't know what Kurt Angle would be in eighty nine ninety to people. So them at their prime. He would have been like 15. Kurt Angle in his prime was the best of all those guys, right. worker wise. So you're headlining and, a pay per view. This is the only thing. Just you get them in their prime. You can pull them out of any timeline. The crowd's going to react exactly the same, and you put them in the main event of this Great American Bash. Flair Hogan. Oh well, if you're well, the way you're asking it, I would say probably Kurt and maybe Savage. Kurt and Savage. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Okay, I like that. See, so yeah, this is what I was hoping for. I'd hope you'd have something exciting to add to the conversation, not just hip. <laughs> Flair, you, Flair. You made him mad now. It's, it's, it's you know, uh, subjective. So here's, I've got a couple to me that I'm like, dude, these never happen. These would be massive draws. Well, that's one of the reasons I picked Angle and Savage. It never happened. Right. So I would want, I would want Sting and Warrior. To head, I think. I think if the you Blade had, Runners, if you yeah, it. if you had, may, I don't think it ever happened. I would want Surfer Sting versus the Ultimate Warrior, both of them in their primes, going out to headline a, a Great American Bash. I think that would be awesome. Sting coming out with the with the face paint. Then the other one I have, I've got Sting, and I want to see. I, I need to see the Undertaker. They never wrestled. I want to see yeah. Sting, Surfer Sting, and American Badass Undertaker. I think that'd be awesome. Or Good one, be Flair and Angle. Uh, yeah, that'd be but good that's too. happened, right? But in their prime, I want prime versions of Flair, prime prime versions of Angle. I think that'd be pretty killer. Anyway, that's what I had. Or if it's eighty nine ninety, you got Dusty and his son. That'd be a tearjerker. <laughs> that's all. I know you guys hate me. I'm sorry. I won't come up with ideas when I come to the podcast anymore. <laughs> should never. All right, Dad. Should have never put the option there for you for for Flair and Hogan. It's too easy. I want, right. something, I want something new. Anyway, go watch yourself some uh, patriotic wrestling this weekend. <laughs> that's all. I love it. I love it. I love the themes. I love the hokiness of it. It's, that's what would be favorite. your number one recommendation for a patriotic pay-per-view? A patri- I don't have one for a patriotic pay-per-view. That, I, that's why I had you put those matches down. Because a good match to watch was Sting and, Sting and Flair at the Great American Bash 1990 was a good one that I really enjoyed. And I liked Sting with the uh, you know special American flag face paint, and I'm trying to remember now if that was even in the match or if that was just the promo shot for the match, which I'm gonna feel like an ass if it wasn't for the actual match. But that's what I got. I'm done. I'm pooped out. You guys suck. I, I thought I had a good idea. Hazmat wrestling sucked. This segment sucked, and uh, I'm ready to go home. Take it home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's time to cut it into uh, the interview with Ruby Rays and Jesse James. This was done prior to this recording. This was done on Saturday after my match. Uh, Rays and Jesse just happened to be in town training. And I said, hey, if you guys are going to be in town training, I'm going to put you on the podcast. This was done on my phone. So that's why the quality doesn't sound so great. Apparently, Adam had better things to do than come in here and not get paid to help record the, the podcast. But hey. I was never told there was money involved. But that's, <laughs> that's you know, that's neither here nor there. 
Before we go into it, uh, I do want to confirm that the correct answer I just checked on Google was uh, Warrior and Sting. Warrior and Sting was the right answer. Okay. All right. Excellent. Devin is confirming the answer of a question nobody was answering <laughs> or asking. Uh, anyway, so here's the interview with Jesse and Ruby. Hope you guys enjoy it. If it's hard to hear, put in some goddamn headphones and you'll be fine. I like that Mike thinks people are walking around with a boombox listening to the podcast. CD player, Walkman. All right, here's the interview. That's right. You're listening to one of the three Hogsmen. Big Duke, he couldn't make it. Neither could Devin. What a surprise. But I am joined by the equal opportunity ass kicker, Ruby Rays. Do you still go by Ruby or is it just Rays now? It was always raised before. I don't know. Just whatever you want to call me. Okay. And then uh, she brought herself uh, a friend in Jesse James from True Grit. There he is. And then once again, we're joined by the redneck himself, Hunter Freeman. What's up? What's up? Oh, you booed me. We're hanging out. (laughs) Hanging out at the Level Up Studios. I just got done having a match uh, for our July 10th Canna Pro Wrestling show. And then uh, Ray's, Jesse, just hanging out in town for the weekend. What's going on? In town for the weekend uh, for the purpose of training. That's the whole reason why we came down here this weekend. Besides the fact that we have some great people in San Diego, we do have, obviously, Level Up School here, which we've been graciously allowed to come and train at from time to time. Um, is there anything new going on with Santino's at all? or At the moment, they... Uh... They uh, pretty much closed up shop just because of the pandemic that's going around. And it's not because that they had no other choice. That was their choice to begin with. Mm-hmm. That was their number one choice because they thought it would be safer you know, to close up and wait for everything to get better with this pandemic than try to risk opening up early and then having to go through the whole entire process of closing doors again because it, they're affected so greatly like everyone else because of the, the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean... I mean I, I remember hearing about that, and I was like, okay, I, 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 I'm fairly sure they will reopen a school. Yeah. It's too good of a school not to. Oh, they're, they're absolutely reopening the school. We've been talking about it on a weekly basis with Joey Chaos. We do online courses twice a week with Santino Brothers, and he's very transparent about the information coming about with the school, and that, yes, we will be reopening. Um, will it be right there in Bell Gardens? Maybe, maybe not. Right now it's looking at probably not. They're looking at getting a bigger facility, a facility that could potentially have showers in it, like make it a whole big, they, they're they looking for a bigger Ooh. spot to open up and that they could fit both the rings in. So hopefully that's what's going to, what's going to end up happening. But right now it's a time will tell. Both the units, I was at a Santino Brothers where the units were and uh, they're already rented out there and it was heartbreaking man to walk up and see your old dojo for the years and years and years filled with boxes and these other random people walking Aww. through it and you're just like man and it looks so tiny now like <laughs> it's so small and you think to yourself man you didn't know what this was before you got here yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but this you, space was before yeah you and they still have the keep the dream alive and santino brothers eyes at the bottom of the door and stuff like that and i think there's a wrestling is uh, forever like sticker on it i'm just like well there's the school but the, the good thing is that uh, Joey Chaos and his wife Sylvia, they've always had that plan and that idea and that dream to be bigger than what they were already at, like are at that location. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was like the end, the end goal to have a bigger spot with a bigger facility and showers and be able to have like 
everybody comfortable, two separate locker rooms for boys and girls. Yeah. You know, that was the whole, that's the, been the plan for a long so time. So this could be a blessing in disguise. It could be. It could I, think be so. yes. I think so. I yes. think so. I think in it, for definitely for Santino Brothers, it's like me and Hunter were talking about earlier, like a hard reset. Mm-hmm. Like this is a time, and I think 2020 just in general is a time to take a look at what's going on with your life and if there's something to change right now is a really good time to change it and Santino Brothers is the epitome of this right now where we shut down both the units and everything is in storage and now they wanted this they had this vision and now is a really good time to enact that vision mm-hmm. and it might be forced because this is what happened because we had to shut down but you find the find the silver lining in it and go through and let's move forward to the next phase of what Santino Brothers is going to be that's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, you know, there is a plan, and actually a bigger plan, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, improve uh, a school. And that's something, I mean, besides the performance, oh, no, you got, like, what is it, the Monster Factory? They seem like they have a pretty big facility out there. Oh, that thing's huge. I've been there. Have you? Yeah, I've been to the Monster Factory. It's it's huge. Like, they have... Nevada, right? Huh? Nevada? No, You're talking about the Monster Factory on the East Coast, uh, right? Danny Cage? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's it's on that's Wrestle Factory. Wrestle Factory, okay, yes, okay. No. Yeah, yeah. There's two. There's Wrestle Factory that I was thinking of, and then there's Monster Factory, as you said. Monster, whatever, whatever, uh, Monster is Danny. Danny Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking, I've seen one. videos of that, and I'm like, geez. That's, yeah. That's so huge. when you when you walk into that place, this place is like a legitimate sports center. Mm-hmm. And so when you walk in, there's a whole area that's like a gym area, and then they have the restrooms, and they have showers and everything. You can go to the back, and like this huge sports facility in the back has like just a huge section that's just the wrestling school, and it has two rings set up like right next to each other and beyond that there's like the tarp section like it's not tarp section turf like it looks like it's turf where you could go yeah where they have all the mats on there and all this and that so you can literally have two rings going and people in the rings and then people doing laps or doing cardio or working on the floor on the mats and when I was there there was easily over upwards of 30 people training there easily and like when we do 30 people training at Santino Brothers, Lord, that place is so packed down. And it's such a sweatshop that we'll, we'll do people in the ring, people inside the unit on the floor on the mats, and then we'll pull mats outside into the parking lot so we can facilitate, you know, 30 people because we've had had those 30 people classes. And it's just ridiculous. You have to get, like, different stations going and you switch stations and stuff like that. Here at the at Monster Factory, they could have everything going like at once. Nobody's outside, <laughs> you know? Now, quite, where, where, where'd you break in? Like, what, what, where'd you start? Um, for a promotion or training? Just training, whatever, you know, in general. Like, um, Well, when I was uh, on the road for five years as a manager, I was training basically anywhere I could. And that was going to shows, getting in the ring before... Uh, shows were going on so you know you go help you set up and then once the ring is set up you go in the ring and train with whoever's going to train you be it for me Tyler Bateman being the guy who trained me the most for those five years and I also got ring time with people like B-Boy Chris Evans Um, we used to go and we would do quote-unquote training which was basically learning how to take our bumps and stuff at like gymnastic centers on open open floor nights so like ricardo rodriguez was one of the people that would go with us and he was teaching me like these different suplexes and different ways to do arm drags and stuff like that so it wasn't until 2013 that i went to santino brothers for official official training so for, you said for, for five years yes you were doing man- just managing just managing just learning everything on the road so how'd you get into that um 
I was a wrestling photographer before then. Oh, really? Yeah, every job in the business. How'd you get into that? I flunked out of college. (laughs) So what happened? I was going, I was going, I was actually going to community college and I, I legitimately did flunk out of college. Like my GPA was so low that they kicked me out. They put me on probation and then they wound up kicking me out. So I decided, well, crap, let me go to art school. (laughs) So I went to art school and I was doing visual journalism. We had to choose a field to uh, like study, like emphasize, emphasis. So I did sports and concert photography and sports photography took me to professional wrestling photography because there was UEW up where I lived. Mm -hmm. And someone that I was working with at a pizza place told me about it. So I started doing photography for UEW and that's actually where I met Joey and Sylvia and Marcus Riot or Jarrell or whatever you want to call him. (laughs) Whatever we're going to call him. One of your many names. You know, Marcus Wright, Gary Yap, I met all of them back in probably like 2005, 2006. And I was doing wrestling photography for Andre Verdun and all of them for UEW. Damn. So, so five years went, went by, you're just doing uh, managing. Mm-hmm. And then when did you decide you wanted to actively perform in the ring and, and become a professional wrestler? I mean, I think everybody understands that if you're around wrestling, especially as a manager, at some given point, you're going to get roped into getting into the ring even if it's just to take a take a bump take a hit take a something or in my case hey jump into this battle royal <laughs> because <Fuck yeah. laughs> that's, for yeah. some reason they kept they're like hey you're a girl you're here you know how to you know kind of wrestle <laughs> you want to get into this battle royal huh? sure why not and I before I even did anything like I I had gear I had gear made so I I never came out and like jean shorts or anything like that like I had gear made and I was doing battle royals and stuff as a manager and going in there and essentially doing what I do now (laughs) hitting people hitting people hitting people chopping people chopping people you know stuff like that and eventually getting thrown out um but I did so many match so many battle royals and then it was at west coast wrestling west coast wrestling's wcwc adam ginsburg uh west coast wrestling company company right okay um that I was managing Tyler Bateman and Ryan Kidd and crazy Kyle Haystacks they were having like this kind of camaraderie and Kyle hated Bateman and Kidd hated Bateman and I'm the manager so everybody hates me and so (laughs) I wound up being put into a tag match me and Tyler Bateman against Ryan Kidd and Haystacks and as soon as someone saw me in a tag match, they're like, well, she did a tag match. Surely she could do a wrestling match. Why not? Must <laughs> she must be a worker. And I'm just like, oh, geez. So it was IWL. Um, they asked me to do a singles match against Chris Evans, who, I don't know if you know Chris Evans, ex-military, ex-IWL champion and stuff. And I'm just like, holy crap. I believe he was actually uh, trained by my tag partner, Devin Sparks. Why, yes, I think he was. <laughs> so, so I wound up doing this singles match against um, Chris Evans, literally on the night the Mayan calendar was going to end. And this was like my driving force to say, yes, the world might end. Screw it. Let's go ahead and do yep. this match. Yep. So I did the match against uh, Chris Evans. Broke my damn finger within the first two minutes of the match being thrown out of the ring. And uh, it, it wound up going, I've never watched it, but I felt like it went well. Everybody told me it went well. In fact, Joey Chaos was watching it that night on a live stream and he put it over on Twitter. 
And I'm like, holy crap, you know, this this trainer of Santino Brothers watched it and he really liked it and he called it, you know, believable and a good showing, da da da. That match, and I just took a long way to get there. That match <laughs> that match is what was the last kicking last kick in my ass to be like, hey, go get trained. Like, do this legitimately. Go get trained for real, for real. Not that my training wasn't real, but like let's go to a legitimate school. Really buckle down. Yeah. And join a school, basically, is that what you're, that what you're trying to say? Yeah. So and then, and then that's when you joined Santino's? Yes. Cool. And then Jess, did you did you break in with right with Santino's? No, I, when I started, uh, I was found in a backyard. Uh, Drell, Marcus Riot, he found me in a backyard. I was a backyard wrestler fooling around and uh when he found me uh actually it wasn't him it was a friend of a friend that saw me and who was my friend and I met him and he said I know this guy who's a wrestler and he's a professional wrestler he's trained he's been trained he's been doing it for quite a while um I think you should go and see what it's like to actually have real professional wrestling training because I think you might have an opportunity here so I went to I went in drill and there's a it's in Baldwin Park Buena Park the ring in the backyard. I forget. Baldwin Park. Baldwin. Maybe. Not not no, Buena. Buena. It's Buena Park. Down south. No, it's towards. It's up. Baldwin. Baldwin Park. Yeah. Okay, so there's. Uh, everybody knows about this. This I for, I know. I I can't remember his name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah. There's a guy that everybody knows about that has a house in uh, Baldwin Park, and he's got a, a ring in his backyard, mm-hmm. and he's been around for a long time, and there's a lot of history there with him. Um, I don't know the history because I hadn't been around for so long, but Jarrell had, I met Jarrell there and, uh, the first training course I had, it was within 10 minutes. He knew that I had been training somewhere at a school. <clears throat> yeah. So like I didn't, <clears throat> and this is just from what Jarrell had said. He didn't need to train me on bumps cause I already could bump. He didn't need to train me on up and overs. I could do up and overs. Like a lot of the basic stuff I already pretty much knew like naturally, which was, I don't know how I just did it. Cause I guess fooling around in the backyard did something you mm-hmm. know but you know that doesn't count as an actual professional you have to get certified so I started at UEW like that was my first place with uh, Andre Verdun Fern Owens Carnage was there BC Killer was there um, uh, Sage Sin was there uh, DeMarco Wilson Max X uh, Red Bat Insaniac like the whole lo- the locker room I got to train with and then eventually we, I kind of had like a falling out with Andre Verdun at UEW, unfortunately. Um, and I wasn't allowed to go back to UEW anymore. And so Woodrell felt really bad because it's like, well, now this person that I told that I could help get trained now doesn't have a school to get trained at anymore. So he uh, messaged, probably sent a message to Joey and told him the whole story about what happened. And Joey Chaos was nice enough to actually let me go to Santino's in the middle of the training, like course course that had already started okay and pick up right where i left off okay and um yeah he didn't have to do that joey chaos didn't know who i was i was just some kid coming in halfway into a course that could have caused a lot of like problems because he's teaching everybody his own way mm-hmm. and here comes a guy who could have been taught differently completely you know what the point we're throwing around Jarrell's name here a lot uh he was actually so my my first match was a rumble uh a rumble my second match, my first real, you know, like you yourself yeah, in the yeah. ring, yeah, was Not actually like a tag. People. Was a tag match. Jarrell was my tag partner against Anchors Away. So mm, Anchors, away. Of, Anchors Away. <laughs> they were two two of my trainers. Also, I have a question for you. Yes. Did you still wrestle under a mask? Yeah, I did. Did you wrestle at FCW once? Yeah. This fucking Mark. That was me. He goes out. 
He goes out for one show. Do you remember this? I don't know. Maybe. This is this must have been three years ago. Was, it was a long time. It was a while ago. Was he first, first goes show. out there. I think with Jarrell. Yeah. And you guys are, are you're jerking the curtain, <laughs> and they fucking put on a main event match. First with, match of the show. With the, this, is, this is not even the opening match. Dark this match. is this is the dark match. I remember this. How was that this show? This is the mean, dark no match. Shit. And this Jarrell goes out with this fucking new kid. And they must have did like eight false finishes. The diamond did, dust. They did everything in the book. <laughs> I remember this. Yes, we were talking. Yeah, we, we were talking. And we're <laughs> everybody's in the back because there's no monitor in the back. We're just listening. You can hear the. You can count the goddamn false finishes, and they're just like, "Who the fuck are they? Like, what the fuck is going on out there?" I thought that was you, and I thought that was you for like years, but I wasn't sure. That was me. I almost broke my nose in my very first match. Did you? Damn. Do you remember that? I can't remember. Jarrell went through the ropes and dived and head first right into my face like, yeah it's because like we didn't make eye contact before uh-huh. it went so when I came up his head was right there and got me right just I thought my nose was broken I had beautiful baby blue white gear and I had blood, blood everywhere I remember <laughs> you, had like a, you had like a blue mask yes, with blue white mask with the white it looked like just, tiger mask just say yeah. your name no. Uh, was it Oso Blanco or something? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Oso Blanco. Yeah, that this was, was Drew. character. Drew had that... Uh, Car- Cara de Leon. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. that hair. It looked like a lion or something. Yeah, it looked like a lion. Yeah. So, yeah, that so was me. You, went, you didn't stick with that character for too long. No, that was... Uh, Jer- uh, Jarrell gave me an idea. It says, you know, uh, you haven't really wrestled in front of crowds yet. So what if you were in a mask and see how you felt wrestling in front of the crowd so when you the time for you to be comfortable without the mask you know and um of course I was still training at Santino's like that was like where I had gone to at the point before I was about to debut that like that that that's they took over all the training and so um I was like well that's a great idea but that's not really like that's not that might not be part of their curriculum now mm-hmm. you know what I mean I remember that's the school and so Another thing where jo- Jarrell messaged Joey and was like, "Hey, I got this idea. I don't know how would you." And Jarrell, uh, Joey said, "Like, I think that's a great idea. Like, go ahead, put him in a mask and have him wrestle in front of fans and see how he feels." And you know, and it it did help. It oh, did help. I've wrestled a few times under a mask. It's fan. It's the most fun you'll ever have. It's uh, it is and then it's not. Well, it depends on the mask. Yeah, and it, yeah. If the mask is really bad, seeing out of your peripheral vision, yeah. breathing is, is all altered. It's all changed. But it is a lot of fun because you feel like you can be somebody else. Yes. Really. Yes. Because nobody knows who the hell you are. Yeah, you can get away with whatever you want to ex- you know experiment with yeah. because no one knows who's. And I remember uh, I, I listened to a uh, a podcast or an interview with Scott Hall, and Scott Hall said he went under a mask once, and he said everybody needs to try it because it just yeah it gives you that freedom yeah. to to really experiment and try stuff mm-hmm. and break out of uh, the mold of, of of yourself I guess you could say. So you did that character, and then how did you how did you link up with uh, your current tag partner Haas? Haas Hog, uh, that was Drell's idea again. Good. Yeah, Good. Drell pitched the uh, True Grit idea of. Uh, Big Richard Haas, Big Dick Haas, Haas Hog with Jesse James. I've always loved the cowboy aesthetic mm-hmm. to pro wrestling, to Wild West movies, to everything. It's just something I've always loved. And growing up, I always was like, I liked watching Terry Funk, even though it was before my time. But Terry Funk had wrestled through everybody's time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and that's the thing, like that that aesthetic of of the wild cowboy and who's, or you could be the gentleman cowboy and mm-hmm. go, go both ways. You can be the unpredictable or you can be just a straight up gentleman. And I guess that aesthetic ca- captured me so much. So when I talked to Jarrell about it, 
long story longer, uh, he had that idea and he's, I just, he, it was the first day I met him. He's like, I just see you, uh, I picture you as a tag team with Haas. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even know who Haas is. I really don't. <laughs> and then, uh, when I went to Santino's, um, like things could have changed because it was up to them, however they would like or what they thought would be better. And I remember I was sitting with Brody King and Joey Chaos and I had that idea. I was still shooting that idea out there. I want to be a tag team with Haas because like I met Haas at that point. I, I saw what he could do and his wrestling style is very similar to the style that I wanted to be, mm-hmm. but not the same and like exactly the same. So I thought, you know, man, like, I could see it. I could see it working. So when I talked to Brody King and Joey Chaos about it, they both like didn't even second guess it. Yeah. It was just... I think it's a fantastic uh, uh, partnership. Um, and ever since you guys started uh, tagging, I, I like the idea because you guys come out of Santino's. But, and, I, and, and this isn't like a, a knock or anything, but there's that, definitely that Santino style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can look at a wrestler and just by the way they're in the <laughs> ring, you go, oh, that's a Santino guy. But you and Haas, you guys really break that. You guys go out there and it's all about throwing heavy clotheslines, big slams, you know, being big guys, which I'm like, yes, that's what they need to do. You know, just be a big motherfucker and, and kick the shit out of people. And I, I've always enjoyed that about you guys. We, we love it. Like, that's, that's personally my, that's how I love to wrestle. Like, I don't go in there to, like, be violent or to be, like, like to the point where it makes the person question like, oh, how aggressive is this guy gonna get? Like, it's gonna be safe every time. Mm-hmm. But like, for me, when I'm in there, uh, that experience, it's like, I I have to have a little bit of that heavy handiness, mm-hmm. you know, heavy handed coming from my opponent. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, it just makes me in that moment a lot more. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, lo- I just, it's- but the thing is, is like, the amount of love that we have for being physical, we mm-hmm. love getting it back too. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Like. Like I, I'll take it all day. Chop me, hit me, kick me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're in it as a like a fight, but it's not obviously. Yeah. No, you guys are very. You, you remind me a lot of uh, you know that old Stan Hansen, you know Terry Funk, all that like that that go out there and just fucking fight, and I love it. Yeah. And speaking of, there was a match that you guys did at AWS uh, against uh, Tito and Che, oh, the uh, Wolf Zaddies. Yes. And you guys were main event. It was a fan fucking tastic match. I watched it. I even popped for the finish. But you had four big motherfuckers in the ring. It looks like you guys were fighting in a closet. That's how that's how small the ring, the ring was, was with you right, guys. Yeah. And I loved it, man. It, and and the, the finish was fantastic. The finish is what every main event should be. Because it I wanted more. Right. And I you know who knows what's going on with AWS and that, you know, going to the future. But right. if that was done, if that finish was done on any uh, promotion that had a regular schedule of once a month or whatever, you would have had a whole crowd going to the next show to, to see how this plays out because it was a fantastic finish. It ended up with a uh, uh, former guest of the show, Justin Borden, uh, fucking you guys over yes. and realigning with his old hate mm-hmm. uh, member groups. But it was, it was fantastic. The whole match was fantastic. It was, it was rough. It was violent. It's what I like. Um, I grew up where, you know, I didn't grow up, but my main years was the Attitude Era. Okay, yeah. And the Attitude Era was a lot of uh, just, it, it, it was clean, but it was also dirty at the same yeah. time. And I love that, man. I don't like it when it's too choreographed out and it's, it's, it's clean looking. I like it when it gets dirty, man. It's, it's just, it's, it's my style of wrestling. Yeah, that timer definitely felt like when everybody would say something, it was saying something that everybody else was thinking. Yep. And that's what they would say themselves. You mm-hmm. know, and now it's more like 
it's not what somebody would say. It's somebody that would say something when they're reading off of a book yeah. or a page. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like back then, it was so well done, and I feel like it was just done so well because we could all relate to those reactions yes. and those responses yeah. of people. Yeah. We definitely would respond like that. In those yeah. Oh hell yeah! You know? I uh, <laughs> I was at, I was just happened to be watching uh, SmackDown last night, and I was watching uh, one of their their promos. It's so scripted out, and it's just so not natural. And it, it just stifles creativity from all these wrestlers because you're just like, man, let them be them. Let them try it. But they're so scared to let their wrestlers try and do something themselves. They don't have, I, don't, it's, I don't know if it's like a trust issue, but it just it stifles so much. And you're like, oh, this is just him trying to rem- like, remember a line. I feel, like, you know? I feel like that's true. And I feel like it's also to the point where WWE's reached this plateau where they just... They're just gonna do how the things that they want to do. Yeah. You know well, I mean? they gotta protect their image now. They yes. gotta protect, you know, their assets and everything they built. And heaven forbid something go off script and someone, you know, all of a sudden there's a million people coming after them and hurts their, you know, there's yeah. there's a whole host of reasons for yeah. that. Yeah, but I think we're all on the kind of same page on on, on how that stuff is. So, um, wrestling though, crazy fucking time in the wrestling business right now. Very much. Nobody's so. really wrestling. Uh, you know, you got WWE doing shows, you got AEW doing shows. New Japan. Impact. New Japan just started, Impact started doing it. But there's a, you know, we're about a week out from a huge uh, shakeup, I guess you could say, in the wrestling industry with the Speak Out movement. Um, one reason I, I was like, well, I, you know, this just happened. I'd love to get a female's perspective, a female wrestler's perspective. So I immediately reached out to you. Uh, and, you know, Devin and I, on our last episode, we were talking about it, but, you know, we're just two dipshits, <laughs> you know, that, you know, and like we said, we, we this kind of talk, you, you hear it, and like I said on that episode, you, you hear it from somebody who heard it from somebody, and it's, it's, it's sometimes a lot of hearsay, so you're not sure what to, to believe. When all this was coming to light on, you know, Twitter and social media, um, what do you think about like what was happening? Honestly, as it was like one of those things where it was only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. It was only a matter of time, and especially with just the whole political climate in the United States right now, it was going to be a matter of time before these stories started coming out. And it's, and I'm going to say this, it's not anything that I haven't heard, and it's not anything that I haven't experienced. So. That being said, almost every female wrestler I know has a story similar to this. Not Maybe not to certain extremes, but I've heard it from just about every female wrestler out there. So it was just a matter of time before all this came to light. And it's, it's really like the speaking out thing. It's a snowball effect because when one person sees that and maybe they had that experience with that same exact person. Or maybe if not, then something very similar happened. And it's... It was gonna happen, and as soon as one person starts going and it gains momentum, it's just snowballed into a snowball of exposure, I guess. Yeah. Um, obviously, in in the Southern California Southwest area, there was some names that I think all of us know. We've all worked with and all that, you know. Uh, the allegations against Joey Ryan um, kind of came as a surprise to me. I thought he was kind of like on the forefront of like women's uh evolution women's wrestling um you know you always saw him speaking up with that doing the intergender matches 
Mm-hmm. Um, is that, like I said, I had no idea about him. Like I said, I, I thought he was on top of, you know, I thought he was, you know, a, a champion for women's wrestling. Was there talks like that at all, like in like that you had heard in the past? If, if you're not feel if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, that's one hundred percent okay too. Uh, that's like a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> because if you ask a question like that, because it's like if there was somewhat knowledge of it, that could be like a result of sitting on something. But then you hear things and everything, like you said earlier, is almost like hearsay. And I'm not trying to take away from what she's gonna say, because this is involving you know, her completely and, and women and what they're going through, but it's almost like, I go, take it from there. I don't know. I don't know. That's, I mean, that it's, 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 it's hard to say. And like I said, because you hear, at least me as a female, I do hear a lot of things a lot of the times. And I think the, the bad thing, it's not the bad thing. Uh, maybe it is. You hear these stories and people come forward and they talk to you and they talk to you in, in anonymity. And so if I hear something in anonymity as a trusted person with that information, I don't do anything because this is what they want. Mm -hmm. So I don't say anything. Mm -hmm. And if it involves someone that, you know, obviously we know uh, because we all know each other in professional wrestling. So if it involves and, and it's professional wrestling that we're talking about, then I also don't unfriend the person and I don't act different to the person and I don't let on that anything's going on because this is for the sake of anonymity and helping safeguard this girl or woman, sorry, woman, because she is afraid of consequences that might come back to her because she said something, which is completely understandable. So me as a trusted source, I could do nothing and I shouldn't do anything. Even if I, I feel like if I break that facade, even little hints and allegations of someone has something guilty on their mind, if they feel like something's different, something changed, then they're going to start thinking about all the things they've done in their past or in this particular case is of, you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment and stuff like that. So like I, and like I said before, it's not uncommon that I've heard it. I've, I've heard it, but there's really nothing that you could do. I don't know if that answers the question. No, I, I see what you're trying to say. It's just, it's one of those things where maybe the person that told you, they were like, they don't feel, they're, they're, they're kind of, a they're, uh, confiding, confiding you. Yes. And, and, but they don't want to, they're not going forward to press charges and not going to come out. They're not going to, you know, say anything. This is a, something that, she, you know, she needs to tell me, be it to get it off her chest and get it off her mind or, as a warning to me to watch out for these things as well if you're around these people. So it's hard and it's hard. And believe me when I say this whole past weekend, I was not okay. Like I, I just wasn't okay this past weekend. And a lot of it is because of the stuff that girls had told me and then things come to light. And it's because you had to send on information. And even, like I said, even when it comes down to me and my experiences, um, the things that happened to me and maybe I didn't say anything about like a certain person and maybe I didn't say anything about this. And so maybe my not talking out enabled people to go and do it to someone else. And it, it's just, it, it's a hard situation. It's a rough situation. And there's uh, so many reasons why females or males, because it does happen to males too, mm-hmm. do not talk about these things. And part of it is the way we're told in professional wrestling, you know, that's none of your business. You handle your shit yourself. You don't run your mouth. You don't speak out about these things because 
ultimately these things can affect you and they'll affect the way you're seeing your, oh, she's just a drama queen. She's just bringing up shit, like stuff like that. And then the other part is, and I think this was part of the discussion this weekend, a lot of times it gets brushed off as, oh, that's just so-and-so. Mm-hmm. That's just how they are. So, man, it's rough. And it's, it's really rough. It's, and I think what you're trying to express right now is not anything that a lot of people have been already expressed across the board. Like, you're talking about entertainment. You know, entertainment is all about you can't, you know, there, there's a people in power. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, you don't want them to go against you because they have more say. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to kind of, what you're saying, yeah, it's a, it's a tough road to navigate. And sometimes if it's not directly related to you and somebody is, is confiding in you about the situation, you go, well, it's not really my story. I, I appreciate them, you know, telling me about it, but it's not my, it's not my story to go public, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Well... That definitely, but also a lot of times when, at least for me, a lot of times when females have told me about this, it is told in anonymity and it's told like, okay, I just need to talk to someone. This is what happened. Please don't tell anybody. Please just keep it to yourself. So in that case, I don't, like you said, I don't have the right to go tell this story. It's not me. It's not, it's not my story to tell. And also when you think about victims, victims are... Actually, you know, a lot of times you'd be afraid of the consequence because what if that person told you that they would destroy you if you came out with this information? Yeah. Okay, so your choice is to sit on that information, be quiet, or have your life destroyed. Like, it, it's, it's rough. And a lot of times it's not even them telling you that they can destroy your career or it's just being trained and being brought up in a wrestling environment. It teaches you that the people that have been around for so long and been doing this for so long and sacrificing their bodies for so long, you respect them, mm-hmm. you know, and you show them that respect. So when you are in a situation and you have a problem with somebody that's been around for a very long time, it might be hard for certain people to even want to do anything because they have that fear or saying anything in general or speaking up because they have that fear of like, oh, I'm going to lose everything. Yeah. And I've worked so hard yeah. and hurt my body over for yeah. the last yeah. how many years. Yeah, and then, I mean, and like, you, like you're talking about the backlash, and I think Lefisto is a really good example. Like, she, Lefisto came out, I don't know if you guys saw, with information about CZW and DJ Hyde, mm-hmm. all this, uh, like, maybe two weeks before the whole Speaking Out movement, and she had such a yes. huge backlash of people, like, just coming at her just for talking about these things, and... And then what? And then two weeks later, everybody's fucking talking about these things and people are backing what Lefisto said. And it's like, motherfuckers, where were you when Lefisto was talking about this? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you support her then? Instead, you let her sit there and fucking be berated by all these people on the internet. But two weeks later, it's, it's okay. No, I get it. And I get that there's strength in numbers and solidarity and unity in numbers. But fuck, man, poor Lefisto. Mm-hmm. And this is like an example of why it's so hard to talk about that stuff. Because mm-hmm. yeah. people will often will like follow the motion of the ocean and yeah. like everybody's accusing the one person they're not going to stand on the side of the accused they're going to stand on the side of the accusing because that's where the majority of the people are going to be at yeah and it's hard now so where do you see kind of like the do, do you see like or is there any like suggestions you have for like the wrestling business as far as like if you had a school or if you're running a show or anything like that is there any kind of like protocols you see now that would be put in place 
or, you know, uh, like, let's say going forward, right? Mm-hmm. You, you think you got a lot of these people out of the business, which you probably did. There's, there's always going to be uh, new people to kind of, I think, jump, like, not new places to jump in, but it'll probably always be a problem, right? It might, it'll mm-hmm. always probably be some kind of problem like this. Do you think promoters have to take this more seriously if there's a, uh, or, or uh, people that own a school, do they have to take this allegations more seriously rather than just like, Oh yeah, you know that's just so and so. Do you think that the the field has changed? The, the the you know the game has changed basically. I I I'd I'd like to think so, but I'm not sure. And a lot of that not being sure is just because of how the whole tradition of wrestling has been for so long. And I know it's it's easy it's easy to say, but here's you know and like I said earlier, here's a good time to do a hard reset on everything. It's it's going to be hard and there are going to be consequences to all this. And I think that even if you brought in someone that was like a student advocate, a, a wrestling advocate or a female advocate or, you know, some, some sort of advocate for these people, with tenure and with time, you're still going to get the same issues again. Because then if someone sees you talking to, let's say Hunter is an advocate and someone sees me after class going and talking to Hunter, oh, Oh well, what does Ruby have? What's going on here? You know this and that. It's it's, it's gonna be hard. There's there should be some way to help, but it, it's also it, I mean it's the same thing in society, man. It, it's it's prevalent and people are aghast about what's happening in wrestling. Jesus Christ, this happens in societies on you know daily a huge, basis. on a daily, daily basis. basis. You know guys guys in wrestling right now are oh my god I didn't believe that females had to deal with this. It's like what do you think happens? <laughs> In the world too, like (laughs) it's it's sad, and I when I see a lot of people that are saying, "Oh, I can't believe this happens." I don't believe that. I don't believe anything. You don't believe that they don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. That's just something to say. I believe that they all were aware of how it could be because if you live in the outside world and you see that stuff on a daily basis, like you just said, you they cannot be totally oblivious to things that are like that. So when you see a lot of these people going on social media, I had no clue this is the worst thing in the world like no i can't believe this was going on in professional wrestling if anybody is in the business at all at any point is serious like seriously in it for a career sake Mm -hmm. like they can see it within a few months like oh yeah totally all the wrong things yeah that are being done but like you always say there's no proof you can't just pull proof out of thin air on these people that you could tell and you see they're maybe manipulating people or taking advantage of people mm-hmm. or, you know, making other people uncomfortable because, like we just said, they're not going to be believed by these people that you accuse. Yeah. So going forward, uh, Devin brought this up at the, on the last episode. Where does intergender wrestling... Go? Oh, lordy. <laughs> I think me and Jesse were talking about this on the drive down in San Diego. It's rough. Oh, man. I'm going to say it's rough a million times right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 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 gonna be frustrated. I have I have a booking for my na- debut in New Jersey that's supposed to be coming up, and they can't find a guy right now that's willing to wrestle me. Really? It's it's all because of this climate right now. Wow. I I was supposed to go over there and do some intergender wrestling, and they can't find a guy that's willing to wrestle me right now. And I it's. It's disheartening because intergender wrestling is pretty much my jam. Yeah. This is what I do on a regular basis. I wrestle guys more than girls. And I think, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. 
I'm sure that a lot of guys would probably, you know, feel that way. They're afraid of how they're being looked at. I think, you know, I'm I'm not a male and you guys could tell me about this more, but I think they're really afraid of being how they're being looked at right now and especially what they're doing and in the ring and I really hope <laughs> please let there be a future for intergender wrestling, but I I'm not so sure that it's going to be so quick and I really hope it is, but I'm I'm just um well so I brought when when Devin asked that question I I thought you know like yeah there's still a future um you know I thought as long as a female feels comfortable with the with the wrestler the male wrestler that she's working with um I think it's fine might be the other way but I think it's the other way around that's also the thing I was also thinking about afterwards is you know it's not just a a one way street you know that there might be an uncomfortable male wrestler now. that's uncomfortable wrestling a female and you have to respect that also yeah so it, it, it is kind of interesting that actually I, I'm, I'm really shocked to hear that they can't find a male uh, <clears throat> wrestler to wrestle you that's pretty yeah you know i i say this because uh you broke me into the biz of intergender matches mm-hmm. i had a great time wrestling with you definitely uh that was like seriously like a fun match that you and i had we uh we wrestled at a ground zero show and it was my, the first time. I was basically like, let, let's not just say, "Hey, uh, Ray's is, is wrestling Mike Camden." Let's let's do something. Let's get a little storyline going on into this. And it was. I love when you have a storyline uh, going in any any match. It yeah. makes the match that much easier. Oh yeah. And I remember during that match, the crowd was reacting to everything we did. It was easy. I think we went about six seven minutes. It was you whipping my ass, and then uh, you know I I pulled off the win. But I remember just being like, that was fantastic. I would do that every weekend. Um, and actually, a backstory to that, to that match. And I actually, I really appreciate uh, you, um, the professionalism by you. I got a call from uh, one of my brothers right before that match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for some reason, I went to my phone and I had a missed call from one of my brothers. And I was like, oh, yeah. for some reason, this cannot be good. This yeah. cannot be good. It was right at the start of the show. And I was like, I probably shouldn't call him back because I know I'm only gonna hear something bad. And but I'm like, I, I probably should have to. I probably should call him. And I had an uncle pass away. Uh, I called my brother, and I had my. He told me my uncle had just passed away. So uh, it was an uncle I was pretty close to, and I immediately went to uh, Benny B Boy, and I said, Hey man, I gotta go on like now because I, I can hold it together right now, <laughs> you know. Uh, we were supposed to go on, I think, like, even after the We were after an admission, yeah. And we ended up, I think, going on second or third. Like, second. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, and, B, and Benny was like, I understand. Let's go. Like, let's get you out there. And, and I basically was like, hey, uh, Gina, we got to go. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, this is what's <laughs> happening. I can, I can hold it together. You know, I, 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 I could suppress these feelings for, like, the next, like, you know, 20 minutes or so. But let, let's, you know. Can only, I, can only be in character for so long. Yeah. yeah. And, but I always, I, I really appreciated that. No, you of course. Being able to be like, let's, let, okay, let's go. Like, you know, some, there's some people out in, the, in business that, that might not be able to do that. They need their time to, you know, go over the match one more time, three more times, five more times. But, uh, yeah, like going into that match, it was like, oh, fuck, we got to get out there. Let's go. And, and but the, I'd say that overall, that was a great experience. I, I, I really enjoyed um, doing that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd be open to doing more intergender matches. I mean, they seem fine to me. But then I was just saying, it was a question that, that Devin had. He was like, where does this go forward? And that's actually very interesting to, to hear that you 
are having a hard time, or you know, at least a, a promoter is having okay. a hard time finding a male to wrestle you. Yeah, and I, I think I think what we're gonna end up doing is I'm just gonna have to end up wrestling a female over there because it's not, and especially with everything that just went on, it's not it's not looking like it's gonna happen. So, I'm still gonna go there. What, what Probably gonna wrestle again? a girl, huh? It's a uh, August eighth. I'm free that day. I am too, by the way. It, I mean, it's in New Jersey, guys. <laughs> if, they, if they want to give me a flight out there, I, I, I can make the booking. I know. I, I, and I was literally going to start like sh- shooting like people's names out from SoCal, and then you know, like, uh, and then he was just he he broke down. The promoter broke down. He's like, we're probably just going to do a girl on girl match because it's it's just not going to fly right now. Yeah. Well, obviously, like that topic we just talked about, it's. I think we've all been kind of carrying around, you know, like the, and I don't want to say it's negative, it's negativity, right? But it's just, it's something that's not, it's uncomfortable to read about. It's like a black, a a black cloud that hangs over your head of the the wrestling community right now. Exactly. And we're not even wrestling right now. No. We're not even, there's like almost nothing really like fun happening in wrestling right now, you know, because we're not wrestling. But the last that, you know, I was, I was talking to, to Devin, um, last week when all this was breaking out and I'm like, man, this isn't fun right now. This isn't fun. And and then, you know, you try to find the positivity like, well, I've been in this, I've been in the business for seven years now and you know what, I've I've had some great fucking memories. You know, I've I've had incredible opportunities, great memories and, you know, before we we, we close this out, I don't want to go out on a negative. So give me something guys like that. You just go, man, that was fun. You know, like, you know, anything, like anything that you, friendships, you know, memories that you have, you know, opportunities that you thought you would never have, basically, you like, you know. Man, I'll, 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 I'll give my man, that was fun, and two of them are sitting right here in the room with Hunter and Jesse. Um, here, here's my man, that was fun. Anytime I come down here to San Diego, it's always been great, and I wouldn't have this family down here, Hunter, Jesse, B-Boy, Lola, Meryl. The doggos, <laughs> Jordan, you know, all these people down here. We come down here. I'll take the four-hour drive down to San Diego, get to the house, and there's barbecue, and there's drinks, and there's food, and all this and that. And usually we do this, and it's Friday. We're going to do this, and you wake up, and you go do a show on Saturday. And maybe we're not doing the show on Saturday right now, but here, we're here doing a podcast on Saturday. And, oh, no, it's all about the – and for me, it's all about – a. The people around you help shape your experience, and I'm really grateful. And this is my positive note. That's good. I mean, it's, it's little stuff like that. It's friendships, you know, yeah. that you've made that you never thought that you'd never have without wrestling. Yep, exactly. And these these are bigger than friendships. These people are my family now. How about you, Double J? Man, that was fun. Um, as far as like wrestling and then stopping, and now there's like no wrestling for any of us. As a wrestling related man, that was fun moment for me. Um, I think it has to do relate to what she says about the friendships you make throughout time. And as being a tag team wrestler, I've wrestled a lot of tag teams that have had their own friendships, best friendships in their own team. So coming from, you know, a team that I, you know, a partner that I have, that's like a brother to me and then meeting a whole nother two group of guys that are just the exact same way with them themselves. Mm -hmm. I always find that a lot of fun because then I've had matches with the 8-Bit Lit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they're like brothers with themselves. So now I have a really close friendship with them. Mm-hmm. I've had matches with 
so many people, Tito and Ray, Che and Tito, Rico and Tito, <laughs> Che and Ray, Peter and Ray, Ray and Peter, I, you know, so many. And then these connections and these rivalries you have with people, they just get better. Mm-hmm. And the friendships get better. And the connections get better. And you have and create more memories with these people the more you get to be around them. And I guess that is what was always fun for me. Because you think about the person and then all the moments you had with that person comes up. Yeah. All the matches, all the road trips, yeah. all the hanging out before the show, after the show, the day before, the day after. That's what I find for me personally, in my yeah. opinion, the most relatable. One uh, fun memory I have with you and Haas is Expo Lucha. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I've known you and Haas for a while now. Yeah, and yeah. I've been very high on you guys. You know, I, I, whenever, like, some uh, a promoter's like, hey, I need a tag team, I'm like... True Grit. At one point, you guys were carrying all the belts. Yeah. All the belts. That was our, our, our goal at one point. Was yeah. Just to carry all the straps in the te- in the area locally. Yeah, you, you, know? were, you guys were hot, man. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't think... I, I never really hung out with you guys. I just I, I, was, I was a fan of your guys' you know, uh, tag team, you know, the concept, all that kind of stuff. And finally, at Expo Lucha, I think it was a Saturday night show, it basically just was like, ended up like, you, Haas, myself, and Hunter, like, just... just fucking getting drunk watching right. the show uh-huh. it was a great time just man shit. Just yeah shit. and i you know I, I was like man these cats are cool yeah. I, I really enjoy hanging out with these guys and S- uh simpl- simplicity at its finest man yeah yeah definitely and that's what i've always loved is like when you can get together with anybody man girl guy you know anybody and you can just have simple times and enjoy those moments together then yeah. that's all you really need that's yeah. all you really need yeah. so uh final question yes before we start wrapping this up now, I usually don't ask this question to females because my parents raised me right and I respect women. But you are the equal opportunity ass kicker. So I'm going to ask you this question. How many times has Jesse shit his pants in the rain? <laughs> nice. Good job. I don't know if he's ever shit his pants in the ring. He no, definitely was vomiting on his way to the ring a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen that a couple of times. Yeah, I've definitely have thrown up before matches, after matches. It's probably a nervous tick sometimes. Uh, there's other times when I just uh, stayed up too late the night before. Um, but shitting myself, I've shot myself in training. But as far as you know, <laughs> not a show, no, not an actual show. It's gonna happen. You know, I already know it's going. I already know it's gonna happen because it already has happened. <laughs> Just not in front of a lot of people yet. Yeah, so, yeah. it's bound to happen, man. Yeah. I all, mean, uh, like if anybody were to deny that they have never even came close to shitting themselves, oh. I think they would be lying. Liars. I know. I never came close to shitting myself uh, in the ring. Okay. Never. It's coming. It's coming. Well, no, I don't no, believe no. you. <laughs> no, I don't you don't believe me? Yeah. No, never. I, I, I Believe me, like with, with you guys, I would tell you guys if I ever came close <laughs> to shitting my pants in the ring. Just us, like, I, well, fuck them. I mean, fuck, I mean, hey guys, hey listening. But like, I would tell you guys, like here, I would tell you guys, I don't care if it's being recorded. I have never felt like I was going to shit myself in the ring. Yeah. Have I felt like I was going to vomit in the ring before? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've but, never had that. Really? No. Oh, man. You've just... never had someone just come down on your stomach and you're just like, Hoof. Yeah. Hoof. No, uh, yeah, I had Andy Brown spine busting me and I, I shit myself. Oh, I see? Huh. Yep. Fucking yep. Andy. Yeah. That's why I always says fucking you guys, Andy Brown. <laughs> isn't there like a, a butt kegels that you could do? <laughs> no. So, Hunter, so this is a, this is in a rumble. This is in a rumble. And I even told Hunter prior to that, uh, prior to going in, you know, we, I think we've all kind of experienced like you're, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like if it's a piss or anything, like you're like, God damn it, I gotta go to the bathroom. But 
I think I'm up in like two minutes, you know? So like, I, I can't, I can't, I don't have time. And uh, I went to the ring and I was fine. You know, everything goes away. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Andy and I, we have a spot and he, he's a son of a bitch and he fucking throws out <laughs> something extra on the spine buster. And I remember- too much mustard. Huh? Dude, I remember <laughs> hitting, I remember hitting and going, oh fuck. Yeah, <laughs> instantly. Oh fuck. Instantly, yeah. But I was like, I think I saved it. I think I saved it. No, you think you know. Well, that's it. I, I finished the match, or I, you know, I, uh, it's the impact of the bump. You can't yeah, tell. Yeah. You're like, something's whip down there. So I, uh, it was, it was uh, the final four was Andy, Devin, myself, and Hunter. Yep. And I, I eventually get eliminated, and I forgot about it. I completely forgot about it. <laughs> then I go back, and I'm changing out of my gear, and I was like, oh fuck! Like, well, I forgot I did that in the ring. Where's the back laces? I shit myself. Like, what the fuck? But uh, it happens. It happens. I was in training, and we. I was. I was uh, being the practice dummy for the students, uh-huh. and one of them gave me a senton, and I was laying there. Telling <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you, big boy, man. Uh, I could. No matter how much I prepared for that, nobody would have been. Oh, nobody was prepared. Yeah, for that one. man. Yeah, and dude. Just... Why did? Why do you guys? I always notice this, like around locker room. Jesse and Jesse Hunter will. You probably seen it too. And when I'm in the locker room, I will go pee a mil- I will use that restroom a million mm. times. Even there's a match on before me, and I will go use the restroom again. Like. You guys need to clear your systems before you get in the ring, okay? I, I, I use the restroom a lot. Before. I would, I, I'm the same way. I will use the restroom before match, before yeah. match, but I've never, I've never shit, my, shit myself in the ring. I have pissed myself in the ring before. And that's just because going out there and then you don't know how many times you freaking pee beforehand, but still right before you go out, you got to pee yeah. again. Yeah. Every time. I, I, Every time. You go pee again. So much. I pissed so much before, man. Like, I've been running to the like my entrance before, like pulling up my stockings because they're like still part way <laughs> down because I decided I just needed to go pee one more time before I get out there. Yeah. All right. I think that was, that was our last question. Is that, is that a good one to go that's, out that's on? That's usually the good one. It's good one. We start just going off of our own. <laughs> it's always fun when you find somebody else's trauma sh- stories. It's, well, it's fun when you find somebody else's shit themselves. Yeah, it's like fuck yeah, bro. I just assumed everybody's <laughs> done that already. This is like a badge. You guys have to get like little yeah, patches man. made, a little poop icon if my, you pooped yeah. yourself my, in the ring. I still get a shirt made that says "Have you shit yourself?" Yeah. <laughs> I know I have. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I appreciate you guys uh, doing this, um, sitting in with me, and. Uh, you know, and, and even with with the, with the tough subject that we were we were talking about, you know, I appreciate you uh, giving us a little bit of insight. Of course, a female's perspective. You know, like I said, Devin and I can talk, but we're just two dumb shit males that like it's like what. Um, but no, I, I appreciate you. You know, giving your perspective on that and experience, I, I really appreciate that. And she's one of the smartest wrestlers I know. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're pretty. Masters. You're smart as fuck. <laughs> what, what 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 do you what do you uh, what's your what's your degree in? Uh, right now I have a master's master's of science in applied psychology with an emphasis in consumer psychology. Jesus, I, I got a fucking associates in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I got my GED. <laughs> I was I was it was it was good times good times. I'm also a published research scientist. So damn. You know, uh, you know who is like really I'll finish high school. <laughs> you know who's like uh, like really amazing? Like when you talk uh Borden. Justin, Justin Borden. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. I would I would head. believe me, trust and believe that I would go back to school any damn day of the week and do that again and go get another degree, but man, my bank account cannot handle this yeah. anymore. Yeah. I've got all the debt. All the debt. <laughs> Where'd you get your degree from? Um I end up going to my master's at USC. Oh nice. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah. Yeah. Smartest. You're the smartest. You're the smartest person in the room. Smartest person in the room. Meh. It's not me. Sure. Dude, I felt like that. <laughs> so I recently, uh, I recently uh, had to get like a little bit of skin skin cancer out, right? Nothing bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad. And but I'm sitting there and they're cutting it out and they're you know and I'm talking to the, I'm, I'm the the doctor's a female. Uh, she, I think she's stitching me up and then there's like another like female like nurse or whatever and I'm asking them I'm like I was at UCSD that I was getting this taken care of and I'm talking to them and I'm like so do you guys like go to school here and the the, the, the lady that's uh, stitching me up she goes no I went to Stanford and I'm just like and then like they're like saying I'm like I'm easily the dumbest person in this room right now <laughs> like there's a huge gap a huge gap yeah. but yeah well you know actually I know two guys who are probably the, the smartest guys I ever met that didn't go to college that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you guys are calling me smart because of my degree. Believe me, I my dad is smart as hell, and I don't even think he has his high school diploma, and he is yeah. so smart. <clears throat> so smart. Like, He's probably yeah. an, indiv- an individual that found everything out on his own by doing it. That's, yeah. And then that's exactly how my dad raised me. Yeah. Yeah. Figure it out on your own. Like, there's so many smart people out there. It doesn't, it doesn't mean degrees. Believe me when I say that I went to USC with some dumb people. mofos. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. on paper, you are the smartest person in this room. And I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you breaking me into the business of intergender wrestling. Yes, sir. Jesse, I appreciate you coming on. I don't know where that big son of a bitch you call a tag partner is, but I wish he was He's here He's probably uh, at home hibernating, like a big old hoss that he is. Hunter's got something to say. Anything you guys want to promote coming up? Well, drop them, uh, drop them uh, social medias social or whatever. Medias. Oh, my social media is really easily easy. You could find me under any and all social media under the name Razor Pops. That's R A Z E R P O P S. Excellent. And you can find me on Instagram as uh, Jesse James underscore True Grit, and you can also find me on Twitter as the Western Roughneck Jesse James. Excellent day, Hunter. What about you? You want to? You, you haven't been here in fucking forever. Where the fuck have you been? Getting married, dog. Yeah. Getting married. Yeah. Yeah, for all, the, for all the fans out there, I'm no longer on the market. Now a married man, uh, so... There is maybe one girl in this world right now that's pretty probably sad about one. that. But yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and she's somewhere, we don't even know where she's Yeah, but, yep. But I'm back. Congratulations! Congratulations! Congratulations. Yay. You signed your life away. Wait, what? Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Alright, guys. Appreciate you listening uh, to... Uh, my interview with Ruby Rays and Jesse James. You guys take it easy. By the way, Jack Adios. Swagger, we the people. We forgot that one. So uh, do you want to change your answer? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be uh, Swagger Hogan. Okay. All right. That's a bigger draw. But uh, hey, guys, I uh, hope you uh, enjoyed that interview. I hope it sounded okay. If not, hey, our fault. Blame it on Hunter. Blame it Who on will Hunter. never be a Hogsman. But I think that's going to do it. That's going to wrap it up. It's been a long episode. Uh, appreciate you. If you're appreciate- still listening, thank you. <laughs> appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, once again, please go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Hogsman Pod. Uh, thank you again to Ten Barrel Brewing Pub Beer, Cheap Fun Beer. What's up? Bub's Natural. Again, thank you for hooking it up with the care package also i'm just curious who made it through this entire episode if you listen to the whole episode tweet at me on twitter at devin sparks just tweet uh hogan versus swagger i just for confirmation i'll give you something cool if you made it this far i don't know what it is but i'll figure something out i'll get you something cool when the shows start start up i'll give you a free shirt or something there you go you heard it straight from the man 
what else do we have? What else we got to put over? That's it, homie. We're done. We got a show on 710 that uh, you're apparently in VR 3D. Uh, yes, I have a match in 3D or some shit like that. Um, it is Canna Pro Wrestling. Um, it's on July 10th. And then uh, we'll try and get you guys some more information on that. But as of right now, it's July 10th. Canna Have a safe 4th of July. Social distance. Don't be kissing each other and shit. Uh, and hanging out in groups of 100, 500, hugging um, on each other. And always remember, fuck Andy Brown. Fuck Andy Brown. Fuck Andy Brown. What's that saying? Uh, I think that's about We are done. And if you want the tip... Dev, what do they got to do? You got to take the whole hog until we get complaints, and then we will change our tagline. Adios. Thank you.